we are on episode three. Uh, super, super happy to welcome uh, Carla to our podcast. And um, without further ado, uh, Carla, why don't you walk us through uh, kind of like how you got to this point, your journey so far, and uh, kind of what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Sure. So I think I've always had the, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I believe I started really early on. Uh, since I was in high school, actually, I built my first company. Um, after I graduated from college, I was working in an agency as an art director, and I was doing on the side of freelancing, and I saw a lot of problems with freelancers and companies in South America because I'm from Ecuador. And I decided to build my own company uh, powered by freelancers from South America to uh, work on product um different kind of uh, digital products um and i really liked how um when you get to connect with other people that uh, are from different parts of the world you can actually um see the future and try to to explore new things so we started working on really early on with different startups and um before they became like companies we were building the product um, analyzing before if there was a need or a problem to solve. Um, and that was really valuable for me. Uh, we got to work with more than 50 stars in Latin America. And uh, one, when I was working there, I needed some uh, products from the U.S. And uh, uh, just so, so quick information, when you live in South America, getting products from the U.S. is really expensive. They're not available to you. So this is something that everyone that lives outside the U.S. knows about. So I needed a few things for my for my office at that time. So I couldn't get them delivered to me or I couldn't buy them local because they were too expensive. So I just decided to make a quick trip to Miami and bring those products with me. Um, because I had some space available in my luggage, I share with my family and friends through social media. And within a few minutes, of course, I had um, a lot of people requesting things. And that to me was like, there hasn't been a solution towards this. This is something that I grew up with, uh, knowing that we can't get the things that we want. Uh, it, it's really funny because when I was a kid, I used to watch... Uh, like Nickelodeon and all those shows and th during commercials they will advertise products from the US and I was like I can't even get those things like there's they're not available so I, I, I it makes you want it more so when I make my trip I knew that there was a big problem when it gets when it comes to getting things from the US in a more fast and affordable way that was my aha moment in doing that trip I decided to build my own product. Now, having the experience of building products for other startups, I decided to build my own product. We launched Cargo in 2019, and since there, since then, we've been having um, a lot of people requesting products uh, through uh, Cargo and getting matched automatically with safe travelers that will deliver their products. So that's where we are right now. 
Fantastic, Carly. And you just brought me back to um, any time I, I travel back and forth to, to Serbia or just kind of brought me back to my, my childhood as well when you're just kind of, I don't know, watching uh, satellite TV or US TV and you see these commercials. But also I see a lot of people on, on Facebook, right? There's almost kind of a community of travelers that say, hey, I'm like people advertise that and they'll say, hey, I'm going home or is, is anybody available to pick this up or and it's typically some kind of like little sweets or, or things that people miss or that provide some comfort. So I'm curious to hear kind of um, how you develop this idea further uh, and, and kind of what are the types of products that people tend to request or, or uh, tend to get matched around? Yeah, so it's really interesting how uh, people are still requesting things uh, that has to do with the daily date lives, uh, such as like electronics, um, like you said, like sweets, snacks, things they've tried before maybe because someone brought it to them and they really want it again. So um, it does uh, bring the community uh, together to work together between shoppers and travelers. Uh, so they're requesting things from like shoes, uh, electronics, snacks, uh, perfumes, uh, things, everything that you can actually find on Amazon that is not available in South America. Fantastic, um, amazing. And and maybe this is a good um, uh, segue into uh, just kind of like how you went from the initial aha moment to building the product, right? Like, you, so you saw this pain point, uh, you saw a need, uh, maybe walk us through your process of like how you went about uh, kind of validating that need or, or building the product. Like what are some of the things that were going through your mind or, or what you thought were important things to either test or include in the product? Yeah, one of the things that I learned with working with entrepreneurs at that time is that uh, people were not validating their products. They were just jumping in and just starting to build their products without proper validation. And that was a problem that later on, after you have your product, you uh, realize that your product is not actually solving anyone's needs but your own. And that's one of the biggest things that I didn't want to make that mistake after seeing a lot of startups fail because they didn't find a market, uh, a fit market. So um, one of the things that I did during 2018 before we launched the product in 2019 was to actually talk to users as much as I could. Before having a product, I wanted to see if this was a real problem, if people were um, needed this product and how can I ensure that it will be secure for travelers because they're taking things of people that have never met before. And I wanted to secure for uh, shoppers as well that they're going to actually get the product delivered and they're not going to be trusting someone they've never met before. So to me, that was really important. And in terms of the product, we analyze a lot of data, um, uh, uh, shopping behavior around um, users and how people were actually uh, acquiring those products at the time before Cargo. So to me, that was really important. That's one of the first things I did before jumping in and just saying, like, I know what it's needed. I really wanted to talk to users. And that's something I still um, do it until now. Makes a ton of sense, and and was it a type of thing where you kind of gradually gained more conviction uh, as you as you talk to people, and then at some point you kind of reached your. Um, you know, can you talk us through maybe what was that trigger point at which point you said, okay, I've talked to users enough, now I'm going to move to build and kind of decisions around that. 
yeah, as soon as I started talking to people, I was like, oh my God, we need to launch this product like yesterday. And I really wanted to launch the product, but I just like tried to maintain my, my trying to maintain calm and try to validate as much possible. But um, it's, I think like after talking to like around like 150 people, and I did several trips too, because I wanted to see if the order of request was the same to make it this worth for travelers and shoppers. And I decided to uh, make trips in every trip. I found different scenarios, different information that was useful for my product. So yeah, during that time I, I did a lot of validation, but every time I validated something, I was like, yes, this is much needed. Like we have to keep going. Uh, but yeah, makes a ton of sense Carl. that that's great and i and I, I i love hearing that and i think something that you mentioned earlier resonated in terms of a building products that that people will use like their actual real use cases and that there's willingness to pay as well as you know how do you go about in micro steps to test uh that there's a need and then continue building on it versus i think often there's and i've been guilty of this too kind of projecting demand or projecting need where none exists or where there's like a weak signal if that makes sense yeah definitely i think like one of the things that once you have a validation of your product um i think one of the skills that i helped me a lot um was knowing how to build products um so now you have the validation now you have to actually put it uh for, transform from a piece of paper to an actually product that people will use and that was the next step and i think through my career i gain a lot of uh, experience working with different products to actually think like how will the user use my product? Um, will they understand the product? So we did have a first version in 2019 and it was really interesting, but it was really confusing for users because we uh, were learning as we go because there's no validation before having a product, how people will react to it. So once we launched the first product, we were like, okay, let's, uh, let's have as much data as we can for a year and then we'll work on version two, which it just released in last year in November. Um, and I think with version two, we were able to um, attack those points that were uh, confusing to people and trying to gain more users and try to make them feel like this is a tool for you to use and this is something easy for you to understand but before that of course you have to have a product to be able to launch and be able to test it and uh, i think like beta taste testing is really important when you start a product fantastic carl and i remember i think i reached out to you around that time and you were like go away you know i'm really busy you know i need to, I need to <laughs> launch this and and you were you know in in the trenches doing that and i assume it just kind of requires your your full attention focus you want to make sure everything goes right you're absorbing a lot of information uh and and just kind of you know it makes makes total sense that it's a, it's a super busy period yeah you have to listen to the users you have to listen to the data so one thing is listening to the data and trying to uh build uh different kind of scenarios and and and, and information around it but the other thing that is really important is actually talking to users so we were um very careful on this process because we wanted to talk to users that will give us information and because we were 
working uh, closed door and everything was a secret before we launched because we started to see high demand of people doing this, like you said, on social media. So we were like, someone's going to uh, launch before us. So we have to be very careful who we talk to. So that was one of the hardest things, I think, like picking those people to be able to test and not just have um, affirmation of like, yeah, I like it, or, or maybe they don't like it. We actually wanted to gain like information towards the product. So um, luckily we were the first app to be launched in several countries. And congratulations again, Harla, on both both uh, the, the launch and the second version, and 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 pushing on this. So it, it's 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 absolutely amazing. And I think one of the things that um, I wanted to touch back on what you mentioned, which was you know one of the skills that really helped you was knowing how to build product. Uh, would you mind double clicking on that a little bit? Is it kind of your prior experience working with startups and observing how they built product, or is it kind of specific technical skills that you brought in? Uh, was it kind of can you touch a little bit more on that and what specifically you found valuable on your journey? Yeah, so when I was working this agency as a art director and building products for other people, and products back then were just websites. So it wasn't that much apps, there wasn't that much information that I could gather. So I think like one of the things that really helped me was to see other apps, other successful apps and other successful products that have been launched to see what they have in common. So even if you don't have prior experience to product, you've used other people's products. And I think um, you can't try to reinvent the wheel, but you can actually innovate around it. So I think it's really important once you get like get to see a product that you love and try to build your vision around what your your company is going to be like uh, trying to follow their steps and and try to also uh be careful with the things that they 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 messed up with in the past so i think it was really important for us to to just like concentrate on products like uber airbnb and and there were a lot of things that you don't see in your product um, which is around trust because our product is a, a community at the end of the day. And it was really important for us instead of just going out there and just like analyzing things uh, or trying to reinvent the wheel, try to see how these companies actually made it. How did they um, achieve to make their users uh, get into strangers' cars and sleep in houses of people they've never met before? So to me, that was really fascinating to see how they were able to do it and around that try to build our product. Fantastic, right? And 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 this it's a great comparison, right? Because to, to your point, it is a community of, of of travelers, and you're asking somebody to bring something for you, right? And and build around that. Like, were there any unique sensitivities that you had to address, or was this the type of behavior? Like, I, I've definitely already seen it on, on different social media platforms, but I'm just curious from your perspective, like, were there any specific sensitivities uh, in behavior that you had to overcome or educating the consumer in any way? Yeah, so one of the uh, things that it was uh, really important for us and we really wanted to accomplish was trust. So um, for us, what we did was to make sure we verified our users or travelers that are willing to actually share their luggage space and make sure they're providing the best service. So uh, because a difference of like Uber and Airbnb, 
you have different guidelines of how to be a super host on how to behave while you're driving and things like that. So we kind of did like workshops around it. We talked to people. We were trying to educate how travelers should provide their services at the end of the day. Um, but uh, for us, it was really important to validate those users and have a process in place to be able to um, uh, guarantee the, the delivery of those products. Makes a ton of sense. And, um, you know, I think you mentioned a few times, like very specific values, things that are important to you, things that you wanted to get done right. Um, would you mind sharing kind of like what that what that list is in your mind, either of specific values or things that are important to you that that guide you kind of on a day to day basis as you are as you're building? Yeah. So, um the things that I really, I think like as a consumer of other apps, for me, it was um, the service, the support. Um, it was really important to me uh, and my team to make sure that we not only have the best app that people can understand, but actually have a support behind it. And no matter what you're building, you always have to provide the best service for, for those people because they're going to refer you and they're going to talk to your, uh, to their friends about it. So we wanted to really concentrate on that to give the best experience so they keep coming back to us. And one of the things that we always hear from, uh, from users is like cargo is safe. And the second thing is like they love the support that they have behind it because if they need anything, we're here for them. And as you scale, you always have to keep those core values with you because at the end of the day for us, it's always going to be the user. It's always important. So whatever the user needs and wants and is struggling with for us is, okay, we need to fix that. We need to make sure that they have the best service and the best experience because that that's the way we're going to be able to expand our product and help more people through our product. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Carla, look, I want to maybe pivot the conversation a little bit to, um, you know, a, as we move past COVID and, well, we're still very much in it, uh, but, you know, kind of, uh, the landscape around technical skills, technology skills, you know, what what does the future of work look like? What skills will be important? And um, specifically, if you were to highlight a few skills that you as an entrepreneur kind of uh, rely on uh, at different stages of your journey, what are some of the things that you would say are, um, you know, for somebody looking to, to become an entrepreneur, prepare to be an entrepreneur, or just kind of think about it, like what are some of the skills that you think would be uniquely valuable or that you would recommend that people start building uh, as it relates to either entrepreneurship or this move to tech? I think one of the things that anyone before building a product should be doing is watching other people interact. Human behavior is really important. Uh, when you want to solve or create something, you need to just look how people are reacting, uh, what's happening right now. Uh, yes, we're going through COVID. And to me, it was, uh, it, it's always been important. I'm the kind of person that likes to watch other people, like, well, they're shopping or they're walking or things like that. I like to see what they're doing, how they're interacting with products, how they're interacting with other people. So I think that's one of the things that you need to um, 
have in your DNA to be able to to watch people. So you don't just close yourself and just think that you just have the absolute truth to everything. You can just build something. And the second thing that I think it's important, it is important to have some kind of a, if you don't have the skill to to build the product, um, technological, like you can rely on many platforms out there that are that you don't have to have skills on coding, but at least have some sense of like what you're building. And I, I find it very interesting and very fascinating that I've talked to many founders that have never built a product before. And those people sometimes build the best products because me, I came from a background of building products. So I was always very um, concentrating and trying to uh, watch every detail of how people interact but these people are just trying to build the most simple thing that it's easy for them to understand and sometimes when they built that they actually achieve too many users having to use their their product as well so i think like those two things are really important when 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 starting a new business especially nowadays that everything is online Fantastic. Yeah, no, and, and it's funny how that works. Uh, although I, I think we we should be, uh, you know, I guess like the thing that, that jumps into my mind is, you know, I, I've also seen some cases where it's like an, an experience myself where it's kind of hard to also sometimes get traction if, if there isn't that right kind of skill or that you're not paired up with people who have those kind of technical skills or able to kind of, uh, so, I, so I do think like as somebody who, for instance, came from consulting, we didn't really, we, we thought about like a services model we didn't really think about products and sometimes that translation is also difficult. So I guess um, you, you've seen examples where it can work incredibly well in some cases, like, you know, it can backfire. So it just kind of, I guess like the key is to try and like learn, but there, there is a kind of like, a, a, I guess, would you say it's worth investing in these skills or like talking to people if you're doing this for the first, I guess like if you're doing this for the first time, uh, kind of like what would be your advice or what would be your kind of uh, uh, go-to steps or how would you approach this if you were to build a software product for the first time? If I was building the product for the first time, so when I built my first product when I was like in high school, <laughs> I didn't have any mentorship. I had no idea about business. Um, so what I did is just look for those people that actually did and try to understand a little bit. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, any founder have on um, this vintage, uh, this vintage or like uh, not a uh, challenging, I'm sorry, a challenge thing to do is like time, the unknown. So you have time, uh, a limited time to, to learn as much as you can. So um, I think it's it's really important for, for people to actually um, spend as much time as they can meeting people that have actually built a business. It might not be a digital business. It might just be a regular restaurant or anything like that, but they have a lot of information to give you around your product and, and how um, to avoid some mistakes they've made in the past. Makes a ton of sense. And um, maybe Carla, I wanted to dig in a little bit. We're both um, quote unquote international, right? So we, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're kind of transplants into the US. Like, um, are, are there any, um, uh, I guess like uh, in any any interesting things that you'd like to highlight about your, your journey and being an international founder that you either found to be 
uh, you know, people respond well to or certain challenges. Um, and I, I'd love to hear your perspective on that and, and kind of has that been a, uh, a driving force, a hindrance uh, in anything for like, if we have other international founders kind of listening to us or aspiring founders, uh, may maybe that's an interesting perspective for them. Yes, when I was, um, when I went back to Ecuador and I was uh, working my on my uh, previous company, I, um, I, I, I saw some limitations of being there in terms of technology. Um, so what I did is just uh, come to the US and try to learn from people that have actually um, made it or maybe not, but they have a lot to, to teach as well. So um, I think like uh, it being a founder, it's, it's really difficult <laughs> every day. You just like don't know what you're going to wake up to. And um, I think like uh, for me, it's, it's just an amazing journey at the end of the day because um, I am very proud to be a Latina founder. I'm very proud of being an Ecuadorian founder that came to the US. Uh, right now we have an amazing opportunity. We were selected by Snap Inc. Yellow Accelerator and, and I'm the uh, first uh, a female founder from Latin America that's focused on Latin America. So I think like um, it pays off at the end of the day, but you just have to like keep on going and you have to have like, you just can't give up because if you do, then someone else will just go for it. So um, I think like being a founder from another country actually teaches you a lot of things because as you know, we are surrounded by problems, constant problems. And I think people that have actually lived outside the U.S., we become very creative. So I always tell people that are very close to me that if a lot of uh, someone from Latin America uh, happens to be on an island, they don't have to worry about anything because you just need a coconut and, and a few sticks and then we'll make an antenna. <laughs> Fantastic. And there is that. Um, and where do you think that comes from? Is it kind of, you know, we, we had to be scrappy growing up and, you know, uh, uh, you know, like think things like did it come from this kind of like need as the as the source of ingenuity and creativity, scrappiness? Like if you were to isolate for why that is, uh, do you have any hypotheses? Yes, definitely. I mean, like when you're growing up outside the U.S., you don't have the everything available to you. You just don't. There's a lot of problems. So you just have to become more creative or how to do things, uh, how where to find things, how to solve problems. Um, and you look outside and you see how, like in this case, the US have more opportunities. So because you don't have them, you just have to create them. So I think we're very creative uh, when it comes to like, uh, solving problems and I'm amazed how a lot of people here in the U.S. have built products uh, but I'm really I I, um, I look forward to like seeing products of founders from outside the U.S. that come here and build products and concentrate in their country so I think that's really interesting to me. Yeah, and and it's a fantastic ecosystem, right? The fact that um, you know, and I know we're we're going through a a very difficult time, um, but I, I do still like I always felt, you know, um, that this is the right, like it, U.S. has all the right inf entrepreneurial infrastructure. It attracts high caliber people, um, you know, and and it is very entrepreneurial. And I always liked, uh, um, you know, the fact that there is this the the spirit of well. 
you know, you can try something if it doesn't work out, try again or bounce back. And I think sometimes, I know specifically for Eastern Europe, that's not always the case, right? There's always like a kind of a top-down system where, okay, people are expected to do certain things. Um, and what I'm hearing from you is, you know, perhaps even culturally in Latin America, it's it's a little bit more kind of, you know, entrepreneurial, people are creative, you, you're looking around different problems. Uh, and, and um, you know, kind of, it's, it's a good foundation as well for entrepreneurial efforts or, or people who are creative and, and look around different ways to solve the problem. Yeah, I mean, in Latin America, if you ever get the chance to go to different countries, you'll find a lot of people building their own companies. Um, and there's always people building new companies. They don't just wait for the perfect moment because there's no perfect moment to start a business. They just do it out of necessity or just because they they just don't have other option, right? So I think it's um, uh, it's really interesting how um, it, it just you have no choice, no other choice. You just have to. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And maybe, uh, so just what are, what are some of the things that you're looking forward, uh, in terms of like your biggest priorities, how you want to take your company further and the types of things that you're looking to accomplish or things that you're excited about as you look forward? Yeah, we're really excited right, uh, right now going through the program of yellow. Um, we're learning a lot. And I think like one of the things that I'm, I'm learning so much, it's about like, something that I was already doing, which was listening to the users, but I've gotten more obsessed with getting to know them, see who my persona is. And I think that's one of the things that I want to be able to accomplish this year with our company, trying to get to know who our end user is and how can we improve a product. So um, when we launched Farview, a lot of people were using it. Um, we were just, we, validated our product and it was amazing, but now we're just like, okay, so now we're scaling. Now let's scale the right way so we can see this company in the next 10 years. What's it gonna look like? What can we do? How is uh, shipping, how is shopping going to change? Because now everything is digital. So how can we improve those experiences and keep ourselves uh, being number one in different countries? So I think that's one of the things that I want to do this year, try to learn as much as I can from our users and try to uh, make our product better for them. And of course, our company, our culture, our brand around it, uh, because it's really important for, for me to build the best team. And that's something that I'm really concentrated on right now, to build people that share the same vision. Uh, that want to, that have experienced this problem. And I think that's one of the greatest things that you can do as an entrepreneur, not just hire people that actually have skills, but actually people that have, know the product that it, it will have actually experienced the problem and, and actually have ideas towards not just, hey, I'm like, I work in a XYZ company and I have experience in marketing and like, okay, but have you ever had the problem of, of getting a product delivered to you. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so maybe you can't help me that much because you haven't experienced. So I think it's important to, to surround your people by people that understand your vision and where you want to go. 
And I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of fun uh, interview questions, right? Like, oh, have you ever, uh, you know, did you ever need to translate a product or transfer a product from one place to another? Or, uh, but you know, I, it, it's very interesting, right? Like, kind of, how do you, um, how do you find the right talent that's, you know, uh, you know, as driven as passion? You're clearly very driven, uh, Carl. And I, I, you know, it, it's kind of like, how do you? find people and it's a big priority and it's a big problem to solve right who are uh, as driven as entrepreneurial will contribute and and will help you accelerate uh, the vision and mission forward and in a certain way you also I guess like part of it is like democratizing that vision finding people who believe in it and are willing to put in the time effort and energy find that a good use of time and that they also get the right opportunities to learn and grow uh, and um, I'm curious like how do you do you kind of recognize Recognize that passion and that fire when you're talking to people, or what are some of the things that you're kind of? Uh, how do you how do you isolate for that, or how how do you find the right fit? After working for many years and hiring people, freelancers from different parts of my previous company, I learned a few things here and there to be able to to bring the best people. So I think like right now, because of that experience, when it has to uh, when I have to interview someone with the first three seconds, I know my call it's going to be worth it or not. Um, I do look for passion very much. I think like passion is something that you, you you can't learn. And it's something that is just in your DNA. And if you're actually passionate about what you're building and you want to be part of the company, I, I, I really like that. Um, we have people in the company that some uh, uh, one of them had never worked on a startup before, but has so much passion around it. And it's like, so willing to keep on learning that right now she's just like right on the top um talking to users and just making sure everything goes smooth and well and that people love her because she has so much passion versus if i would have brought someone who just has the knowledge and not passion at all maybe we wouldn't have the same result so i think it's really important passion around when it comes to hiring someone and of course skills but you have to have passion at first before skills yeah, and it's such a. I I feel in in many conversations there's the, these tropes of career advice, right? Oh, do what you're passionate about, and then oh no, maybe do something else, and just like I feel like there's so much um, so, so much advice that goes for and against. So I I'm just like uh, super super uh, thank you for sharing that and some of the things that you're looking for. I personally believe as well like that 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 passion is really a driving force. It, it can be a multiplier, and uh, you know kind of isolating that and finding people who exhibit that is is both very rare and and super valuable uh, fantastic uh, so uh, look I, I want to also kind of um, uh, pivot here maybe a little bit and and close out with um, you know some of the if you look at all the different things you've accomplished the different things you've tried products that you've built um, and if you were to summarize that in a few key takeaways or some advice for somebody who's maybe uh, listening to us for the first time, is curious about building products, uh, is curious about entrepreneurship, uh, kind of what would be some of your, your takeaways or advice or, or things that you would like to leave them with? Uh, one of the things that I, I wish I had when I was starting and I had no idea was mentorship. I think that's one of the greatest things that if you find it, um, you hold on to it because it's going to help you when the unknown things hit you and you just don't know what to do. Um, I think there, you also, as an entrepreneur, you can, you have to concentrate on learning other aspects of your company, financial, 
um, uh, hiring, as we uh, spoke, um, uh, product, uh, how you're going to accomplish, like what kind of ticket system are you going to have with the internal team? Because you're building a company and anything that happens, it's your own fault at the end of the day, because you are building, they're coming to a company that there's no um, structure and you have to put that in place. So um, I think it's really important for, for anyone starting to have structure before you start um, bringing people um, because people will make your company. And if something goes wrong, it's gonna be your fault and no one else by your fault. So I th think it's important to surround yourself by mentorship and people that can actually help you navigate through the um, unknown journey. So um, another thing that I, I think it, you have to, it's like passion and, and, and you can't give up. Like if you're, um, most of people just like start a company because they just wanna see a change or because they want to leave something behind. And I think that's really important to think about the future. How is your product going to impact? other people's lives how are you going to change the world i know it sounds cheesy but it's the truth you can't just think about money because you money won't just build your product like you like you have to think about those community those people who are you trying to why did you start your company in the first place and ask your your question those questions and and try to 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 come up with something that makes you feel good and you actually have a, a internal vision of like what how do you see yourself in the next few years absolutely uh, uh incredibly valuable carl and i and i feel like it's a very difficult to ask those questions and kind of derive honest answers it's it's a process right and and we all like to uh you know think we know what would make us happy but it's it's really hard to to find it and and it's kind of like compensating with different different decisions and and ultimately landing in a good place so i think uh look these are awesome questions to ask and awesome things to consider and uh, i guess the last thing would be um you know for anybody listening, uh, you know your call to action for 2021 as we're uh, hopefully emerging out of this pandemic. Uh, what what would be your rallying cry? What would be your call for action for 2021? Not afraid to fail. We I think we failed way too much last year. I think all the companies. I think personal lives. I think there's so many things. I think like right now you just like if you're healthy, if you can actually achieve new things, you're just like not afraid. Like what's going to happen like you just have to do it so i think it's it's really important just just do it just go out there and just start something and not just wait for the last minute of the perfect moment because there's no perfect moment to start a company it just happens and if you have that internal like gut that this is something that you have to do just go for it like just start something from now and and you won't regret it or you might but you actually will learn and not be afraid of failing <laughs> Fantastic, Carla. And if people wanted to reach out, uh, learn more about Cargo, what's the best way to reach you or, or learn more about the company? Yeah, sure. They can just reach me out on LinkedIn um, as Carla Valdivieso, and I'll be more than happy to jump on and any calls and see what people are building because I like talking to founders as well. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Carla, for your time. Thank you so much.